Zach Pollock, you're in. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. It, um, it. When I started all these off, I didn't want to have a lot of people close to me or my good friends in right away or anyone I worked with. So I haven't really done any of that um, as far as buddy buddy stuff. And you and I have been friends for a very long time. So it's nice to have you on. I'm looking forward to talking to you and uh, people getting to know who you are today as we roll into 2020. Thank you, for real. So first things, first things first, you're you're a dad now. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Tell uh, me about it. Going back like um, a year, a month, and a couple weeks now, October 14th, uh, we had our first daughter. Uh, her name's Noemi Violet. And um, it's a pretty interesting story. Just real quick, I won't get into too much of it, but um, her mother and I actually had, we actually had dated a long time ago, but she had never lived in the Nosara area. So she... She left Nicaragua. She was up there doing surf instructing up there uh, and like bopping around. She she also helps medical companies in Guatemala. And she does she does a lot of like weird things. But she wasn't really ever based out of one town, especially any town that I lived in. And, you know, never Nosara. So when she did come to visit, um, some things happened pretty quickly. And next thing you knew, we had a baby on the way. So it's um, you had to be freaking out as soon as you found out you were going to be a father at first. No, I knew I woke up the next day. And I saw it like it was like a, like I didn't, I can't say I saw a physical picture, but it, like I've told this story before and I get chills all the time when I say it, but this is dead. This is my truth. The night it happened, I had this weird feeling like, like there was a bungee cord connecting us and it completely like, I, you know, I'm a grown man. Like I've, I've been here, I've done that. We, we've all had relationships and I've never had a feeling that just snapped me out of what was happening. And it felt like there was this physical tether between her and I. And I was like, even after a few tequilas, I was like, that was weird. But then I just kind of disregarded it. And then the next morning, about 6 a.m., 5.30, whatever time I normally wake up, it the best way I could explain it was it felt like a gong went off on, on my pelvic bone. The, the feeling went up my spine, woke me dead out of sleep. I sat straight up in my bed sweating. And I just looked up in my bed and I just... Again, I, I can't say I physically saw a picture, but I saw Christina pregnant. And I told her, <laughs> and she was like, dude, <laughs> chill, you know? And then um, a couple weeks later, you know, a month or two, whatever, however long it takes, I can't really be sure about that. Did she say, hey, you remember that time you told me? No, I don't even think she... I. I'm always like, I always the one who trips out and remembers my own things more than anyone else. I think I just talk so much that people... <laughs> People just She's let things go in one ear and out the other when I, when I speak sometimes, and that's fine. Um, so I just knew. I was like, this is crazy. So then when she told me, I had that same feeling, but it was only about it only went about 10% up the spinal column that time. And then it just went right back down. I was like, here we go. So this And we've been it. together ever since. Wow. What a trip. Right? It's, it's not been easy, but we're doing it. Well, so let me ask you this. Now, Miami's that great. In, now that you're into it a little bit, you have a beautiful little girl, life's good. Um, how has being a dad changed you specifically like you? I've always been the type of person that whether people think so or not, I work so much. I, I have like goals. I'm dedicated to things all the time. Even if it's even if it was just surfing or making shirts back in the day or art, I always took myself very seriously. So I can't say that it really motivated me to um to get more serious in life. But in that same breath, it motivated me to never be down on my own like in my own thinking anymore. Like I don't have time when things get a little slow for me, you know, the artist's mind or even the business owner's mind, we all have it probably when things get a little slow. It, 
you can kind of feel like, what's next? What's happening? And maybe you get like these kind of low moments. I don't have time to feel low anymore. You have a purpose now, like bigger uh, than you. Yeah, one bigger than my heart. And um, I do got to say about a year before she was born, I started feeling like, where's my inspiration? Like, what do I even want? To, like, I don't really care about money. I don't really care about like, I'm already rich in mentality in my life. And I'm just so happy with myself. Like, what, what do I want? So I started really getting just in like a gray moment, not sad, not depressed. I was still having fun. I was still going to do my thing, but I can't say that I was really excited about a lot. And then all of a sudden she was born and like everything on Netflix became interesting again. Like everything, you know, you want to watch the dinosaur show? Let's do this. Like everything became more fun again. Uh, so I really appreciate her for that and Christina for that. Cause that gift, um, I didn't know where I was going to find that again. I didn't know where I was going to find my like childhood excitement again. Gotcha. So now I'm doing it vicariously through her. Interesting. So fatherhood is going pretty well. It seems like, again, we have our issues like any family does. It's, it's extremely hard. I know Christina's dead tired most times cause I'm usually the one working a lot, but I do work from home. You know, I do get to like cook a couple meals a day and, be with her and I, I get to, you know, I'll be working and then one minute I'll just be holding Noemi. So it's, I'm never disconnected from them. So I really do feel lucky. It's, a, it's kind of special times. You're going to look back on that the rest of your life. And yeah. Yeah. And I know a lot of, especially where we come from, a lot of dads can't say that. They can't say that they were there every single step of the moment. Like they always had to go do something to provide. And I'm just so lucky that I'm able to provide from home most of the days. So speaking of what you're up to, tell us what are your main activities right now? Like maybe, uh, Go into what you're doing with Prove Nothing and just elaborate on what how you're spending your time and what you're up to. Cool. Um, it's so hard to answer this question. I feel like especially, you know, in this town, you meet so many random people. What do you do? I'm like, oh, this today I'm writing articles. Uh, tomorrow I'm painting a mural. Uh, Wednesday I'll be working on a website. Uh, Friday, I'll be printing some t-shirts. Like, hey, so what does it say in your business card? It says New floating source, artists, like... but I got to change that now too, because now we're writing and we're doing other things. We're craftsmen. Like, I don't know. It's hard to define it all, man. Well, let's I... start. Just let's start with Prove Nothing. What, what's going on with Prove Nothing these days? Pretty much that, uh, I'm like full multimedia company, I guess. Everything from what's happening in town. It, it used to just be when I broke off from my old business partners who originally got me to come to Costa Rica with them. I actually got in an argument with him one day about, you know, just work, um, work responsibilities. And I just felt like things weren't happening. And it just came out of my mouth one day. I just said to him, prove nothing, you know, on a phone call. And when I hung up, I was like, man, prove nothing. GoDaddy'd it, nine bucks, bought it. And then I sat on it for like a year. And then I just, one day when I finally choose to cut that, chose to cut that tether, that is what I choose to use, chose to use as my, my handle, my, my identity, my, my branding. Right. And then it just started as logos and graphics for people in town. But then when we were able to acquire the screen printing business from Steve, which we originally sold to him in the first place with my old business partners, that kind of all multiplied. So now you have Nosara's exploding, right? So I feel like our design company, I need to either up our prices or do something because I can't handle all the people who need stuff for me. And I feel bad because I want to help every single person. We're all friends here, right? At the end of the day, like we're all neighbors and friends and beachgoers. And like we all, I want to help everyone, but man, some days it feels like 
I just can't. Um, but it's anyway. hard to say no sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you when you get inside of an idea. If you really like it, you especially don't want to say no because you like it. Mm-hmm. So if there's a concept, you're like, oh, I could do this with that. Like the artist in you is like. Yes, because my motivation's never been that paycheck. It's about like doing it or not doing it. And then, okay, what do we got to make just to cover our time? That's right. that's like question Z usually. Lately, it's <laughs> lately it's bumping its way up there because people are demanding and there's timelines and now there's expectations in this town like never before. You know, I used to roll around with like, I didn't have shoes for like six months one time, you know, and I'll go to meetings and do everything. I never felt weird about it. Now I'm probably not going to rock that same way. Yeah, yeah. Things things are changing. The demographics changing a little bit in town, but we'll talk more about Nosara later. So, um uh-huh. You are graphic designer. You've worked on countless projects around here. You did heck the banana and the tree right behind me. You did those. Thanks for um, thanks for repping them. Yeah, man. Uh, what else would people recognize that you've touched or done around here? Everything from like uh, some of the newer companies like Modus Operandi Architecture Firm. That was a pretty cool logo, I think, because um, Fabian he reminds me of my thinking, but just on a different level and a different, uh, industry, right? Like he wants to conceptualize every thought he doesn't, it's not about just like the meat and potatoes. Sometimes it's like, he really wants to get down to every little detail of the seasoning. And that's how I've always felt. So making his logo was a special thing for me. Um, 506 is one of the original logos we did because back in the day they had something kind of similar to what it looks like now, but it was very basic. Um, Coconut Harry's. Uh, we even we vectored some stuff for Olo Alaya when they first opened. Uh, when Robbie was just running his mini super, we I would meet him in the back of like the mini super, and we would talk about the future plans for that. And it was all hush hush for like a year. So I've been involved in a lot of cool projects that I feel lucky. And yeah, especially coming here at such a young age, I feel like uh, people giving me the shot was was cool. As far as website stuff, you've been doing that too. You did. Well, you're doing richburnham.com. Yeah. So you're behind that. And then you also did Moana, correct? Yeah. Um, Moana Surf Resort was actually, there was like a couple people who tried to work on that website. And I think it just kept uh, failing. And then Danny, Danny brought me in. And um, the last person he was working with, or one of the last people, was a, was a brilliant web coder from San Jose named Augustine. Um, so I did pretty much all the design, aesthetics, branding of that website's launch. And then he took it back offline put it all on private servers locked everything away so i can't even if you wanted me to log into that website today i, I wouldn't be able to um we either did, way i'm more focusing on on the creative aspect and uh a lot of us check that because it's the best surf cam in the area and we know whether to go surfing or not so thanks to you to them and to you and everybody who helped put that whole thing together yeah it's cool and i think um <laughs> they're not my typical demographic of client so i was really i was ex I was especially proud of that one because, yeah, like, yeah, people kind of know me as like the the T-shirt kid, the, you know, surf graphics and skateboard graphics. So to be able to do like a super high end boutique niche hotel brand, every single one of their rooms even has its own logo. That's the stuff I want to do. I, I don't want you to call me to make your flyer. I want you to call me to really unleash me. So. Moana was that. It was a it was like a month and a half, almost two month project where I was there almost every other day. Well, shout out to them for giving you the chance. Yeah, Danny um, and Tali, appreciate that. And, and the boys, their 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 two kids are awesome. I just I can hear it in your voice. You really like that. So hopefully more work like that continues to manifest and, and keep going. Thank you. Um, now, you've recently get, uh, got into coots with me by creating a news source. 
uh, called the No Sorry Times. So why don't we talk about that now? What, where'd it come from? Honestly, if people ask me that, my answer has always been, I was driving down the street, I was passing Go Juice and North Guiones, and it hit me like a bolt of lightning through my windshield, I swear. And I just said, I'm going to call Rich and see if he likes this idea. And that's what I did. And I think our conversation was like four minutes. And you were like, yep, yeah, do it. Let's go. And that was kind of the birth of it. And um, you were already, in my mind, you were like our town's Ron Burgundy, right? So I didn't, I couldn't, hey, I couldn't picture <laughs> anyone else doing this. Ron Burgundy, uh, what's our, what's our boy, uh, Joe Rogan, whoever, whatever personality you want to call it, uh, you're that in this town for me. So there wasn't really no other choice. I didn't even, it wasn't even a question who I should call. It was just like, call Rich now. I'm glad you did because I like it. Thank you. I feel good about it. I think, I don't know what I think, but I like it too. <laughs> who knows where it'll go? I think uh, when when it comes up and I'm trying to describe it to people, uh, what I was trying to explain is, hey, we know Nosara needs a place for news and information. Yeah, centralized. There's, a, there's, a, there's an audience that, that wants slash needs that. And um, part of my conviction from it comes just by how strongly I feel that way. And I've noticed it, especially social media has made, made that very apparent between all the misinformation and all the craziness that ensues. And when people are chiming in from all over the place, just arbitrarily into social media and on gossip pages and whatnot, that's not necessarily proactively helping the community. And in many cases, it actually pulls it backwards. Mm. So the Nosara Times is a spot where we can start slowly and grow that into an ever-evolving news and information source um and it, i'm not saying it all has to be serious and hardcore we can have fun with it too but um we need it somebody needed to do it with the vase of nosara going to vase de guanacaste nosara is just kind of sitting here with all all of this potential and i see the nosara times as a way to funnel a lot of attention into one centralized mm -hmm. zone that people can just go to and digest a couple things and know that we've done our job to fact check and yeah. and we're going to try to do our best to obviously stay as neutral because we're all like i said we're all friends in this town certain people that you and i can see and say hi to are directly opposing business interests of others and it happens every day it happens every day in this town so even even people who have the same kind of industry here are, are at each other's throats so i really want to be everyone's just sort of outlet with that and um that being said i do want to mention this what we did, the reason I felt so strongly about it was because Facebook was the only outlet that we had. People would share something that they heard or saw, and then people would just go crazy in the comments. And that is our newsfeed here. And it had been for years. I, I would always boast, like, I love Nosar because we don't have the news. And now we're making the news. <laughs> I didn't even really think about that until now. Anyway, um, it's people are still welcome to go in the comment section of any one of these posts and say whatever you want. But if you don't put your name, I'm not approving the comment. <laughs> so so anyone listening who <laughs> writes these weird tag, I know who you are. That's go ahead and just own it. If you want to have a statement, put your name behind it and we'll let you say whatever you want. Okay. If, if well, my uh, name has to be on the post, your name's got to be on it too. All right. So say whatever you want, but sign it. But own it. All right. And you, and we'll let you run just like you did on Facebook back in the day for years past. I don't care. That's funny. I think that's um, fair, don't you? Uh, yes and no. I, <laughs> I I think that we ought to do that for a little while just as a good faith measure. And then in time, just let people say whatever the heck they want after we grow. Um, who knows, man? I don't have any opinion on this. I don't care. Uh, I think it's hilarious, though, how many people type in 
mean things or they just look at one brief moment of something without like thinking it through. Like, for example, we had some some pretty intense comments come in after one of the regulatory on uh, the websites. Yeah, via the and website. I approve them because the dude put his name there, and that's fine. He can go ahead. Right. I'm gonna approve that all day long. No, so from my point of the story was that was that same day we had one in Spanish, and then we had one in English, and we happened to have the cameras and the microphones at the one with English. Yes, um, and then people were come in. It's like you only talk to the English speaking people. Well, it was the English version of the meeting. Yes, exactly. So it was a. Uh, it was just oh, someone's always gonna have something. Yeah, so I'm, I'm learning that now. It's like someone always has something to say. It might not necessarily be accurate, and people don't necessarily like to dig into it. They just want to spew. And I think that's what makes social media dangerous. And it lets anybody type on the keyboard whatever you want. We're the f- evolution of man. Here we go. Let's, yeah, see, let's well, see where we're going. I don't know. Nah, we'll see how it goes. So um, I'm really happy about it also because the podcast got real serious. Like when I started the podcast, I kind of wanted to have fun too. And when I launched my website, I wanted to be able to talk about, I went surfing with my kid today. I had a good time. You know, I went, or I just went here. It was great. Uh, have a lot of friends and family that I don't talk to very much anymore. I'm extremely busy. I'm here in Costa Rica most all the time. I don't travel that much. Uh, and it was going to be a way to kind of do that. But the issues in Osara became relevant. And I'm already dialed in on all these different programs and committees and all these different things. So it just kind of, the, the podcast kind of took off a little more than I had, I had expected it to. But then it got really intense. So then I kind of lost my own website. And it was like, this is a perfect spillover for me because I'm already doing the discussions of talking to people. But now I can put Nosara specific stuff over on a wider ranging platform. It gives you the two platforms. Yeah. yeah I, I so, think I think it's great. Yeah. And, and what I want to say about Nosara is we went from a secluded town of few to a secluded town of many. It's its own little world. Um, so things have to be said. Uh, there, we have our own news now. We have our own things that people need to know. There's big decisions happening. There's deadlines on some decisions that community needs to be involved in. There's a million things. Isn't <laughs> that the truth, man? So all that. Well, uh, and as we transition into Nosara, um, here's my segue. I think pretty much everyone, myself included, um, none of us, when we first get here, realize that our services come from us like our firefighters our bomberos they're not paid for by the government well most everywhere people who move here where they're from Mm -hmm. that would be just included in your taxes and your government your Mm -hmm. trash um recycling whatever it may be all these services are included and here we have to coordinate and do that so you have the older generation a lot of people who've sat right here and we've done podcasts with the bobbies the alices and friends and osar and all, all all of these things um that older crew is getting replaced essentially now with a, a different demographic. It's a well, more well-heeled person who's moving to Nosara. A lot of families. We have private schools now. Like it's changed from the old adventurous single person or retiree. Cowboys. To, yeah, it's like, completely changed. Yeah. That uh, that demographic has phased out, and now it's become a very family-infused, higher-end landing spot. Nosara is more expensive than most other places for real estate, for food, for rentals. Um, Spaciel sat right here and she nailed it. She said, listen, if you're coming to Nosara, you got to pay to play. This isn't a standard little beach town, but it is that special. And if you have the ability to make it here and pay for it, then you might want to consider it because it's a lot more relaxed than the other towns along the Pacific coast. But my point is when you move here, 
you probably didn't realize that we just now got Nakoi to pick up our trash. Like just now, like this literally just happened. four or five months ago. Right. Right. Like so that. that comes as a shock. Then it's like, Hey, the Bomberos, there's a big fire. We have a dry season. We have a ton of fires. When people learn that that was funded from people right here, it's like, Oh, I didn't know that. And they, I hear this every day. We like, made a video together oh, yeah. over a year ago explaining that same thing. And people still don't know. And yeah. it, ha it has like 30,000 views or that something. Was crazy. Like it was a pretty pumped up Facebook video. Wow. Man. So, and people still don't realize that. So, yeah. so though, but that's, that's also what makes it so special to be here. I've always, it, exactly. That's I what like I was going that. For. I don't, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of systems and government either. Like just like a lot of people. It's like the police when you're a kid, you don't like the police. Then you grow up. Even Dr. Dre's like, I'm really glad we have police. So we need certain systems and certain functionalities all towns have. But we also like the remoteness and the rusticness of, yeah. uh, of the combo. So when people come in, well, the news sources, it's going to allow people to see and what the podcast and stuff are doing, it's allowing people to see how they can get involved. And a lot of people are upset with the growth of Nosara and the people coming in. And what I'm trying to say is, hey, man, they're the solution. The people come in and have the money to actually fix our problems. Yeah. The government doesn't have the money to pay for all of our stuff. And we're not going to strike oil tomorrow. And all of a sudden, magically, all of our dust is going to go away. We're going to have a road. And so the people coming in, if they... If, if we welcome them with open arms and it's kind of like, hey, you're in Osara, me too. That's great. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. Um, if we welcome them and invite them to get involved, it's like, hey, here's a list of 50 things. Pick any of those, but do something. Yeah. You know, you're welcome, but but we, we got to do this together. I think a lot of the new people will do it. I really do. I think right now they don't know where to go. So I'm excited about helping with that. Yeah. Let's talk about what you are doing for fun these days. I've been putting Noemi on my shoulders a lot and balancing her. It's like, yep. So enjoying your daughter, playing with your daughter. Uh, I like, live in Garza and I do believe Garza is probably for someone like me, there's not a better option to live than Garza. You have the best of all worlds. You're still 10 minutes from Guiones. You have the beach right there. There's never anyone there for some reason. Uh, yeah, I like to swim. I've been doing some like basic spearfishing every once in a while with my boys just go and jump out over the reefs or just swim out myself. Um, so I still like to make bay. art. Like, I've been doing a little graffiti here and there with my friends in the city with some of like the actual like graffiti hitters from out there. They, they brought me and my buddy in from L.A. and let us do some painting with them. And they tell us about that, man. It was cool. Uh, I went to college with this guy named Shakir Manners. And Shout out roommates. What a name. Shakir Manners. He's a he's a pretty interesting cat. He's super talented. Um, we were college roommates and uh, he always chose the hand graphics route. Pencil, pen, paint, pen. And in college, I never really liked that. I, I I would use it to do my concepting, but I started drawing on my computer with my with my finger on my trackpad, mm -hmm. and it just changed my life. And so him and I got the we we studied. You know, we both studied for our bachelor's degree in computer science, but that kid didn't touch a computer. He just went the graffiti route, and I touch a computer every day for the last ten years. So he comes into town once a year and stays with me, and then I bring him around and he paints. And whether it's someone paying him to do it or whatever, and this time he didn't. We just did it. Uh, last time someone threw a little bit of money for some supplies and we painted a wall in Osara. But this time we we painted the Barco del Amor building in, in Garza because someone had already started to do some things on it. And then we saw some of the graffiti dudes came out from San Jose and we were like, all right. Hey, people are digging it, man. I've been seeing that pop up. Uh, yeah, all it, over the place. People were sharing it a bunch. And like uh, I just be in Garza a lot and people come up and thank me. I'm like, dude, for painting a chicken? I'll That's paint cool chickens chicken. everywhere. That's what people want me to do. I'll paint chickens forever. Did you name it? 
he doesn't have a name. He, I just call him Cheeky. He's actually he was my chicken. We had to get rid of him one day because he was a little aggressive with the other lady chicken. So um, yeah, we ate him, and I figured I would immortalize him forever on the wall. I'm never gonna look at that drawing the same. He's real. That's a real that, thing. That's a that, that's a that real happened. chicken. All right. So graffiti. Uh, uh, oh, and you're getting back into the bay. That was nice to hear. Yeah, like because uh, we take the kid. We take my daughter to the beach every day. Christina and I. So. If I get a second or if the water looks good, I'll, I'll swim out to the boats in Garza and kind of swim around and then swim back. It's so nice. You ever get scared doing that? Not in Garza. Guiones always has freaked me out a little bit. It just seems like you're in an open ocean a little bit. It's so big. It's, it's not mm. a small little bay. When I'm in Garza, you can literally look at the reef and just it. you can see that as long as you don't go past that reef, you're not actually in the ocean yet. You're kind of in a contained area so i just i love garza for that reason i i grew up mostly in florida around the water and everything and swimming and jumping on boats so i just feel super comfortable there that's cool so let's talk about nosara a little bit um super quick because everybody probably already knows what are your likes and keep, keep those quick because my work and what i do is so much of my life i'm gonna i'm gonna pull it back to the prove nothing thing i've never never been in a town where i feel like um my outlets and the things I choose to do stick so well. And I've had people, other designers tell me that too, like um, that they just think that my work is really, it really fits here. And I think it's because I morally am so excited to work with people because I know none of us are employees. We're all entrepreneurs. Something about that fires me up to go back out into this town every day. I don't feel like I'm going to clock, clock into some system and just, you know, it's, it's more like we're all doing something real here mm. everyone's really doing really doing their thing you know um the restaurants mostly are i don't know any of them besides the moose money now that just got put in here and then the old bagel house was a franchise but there's no franchises here of any kind so there's no rules you do what you want to do and i i love that i love that menus change all the time and you know i don't know i, I just i i feel like it's that's a I'll pretty keep good it shorter one. than that. Yeah, so the entrepreneurial spirit, you're relevant, and you have your spot here. Like you, that's what that's a yeah. big like. That's a good one. Yeah, and prove nothing. Uh, our tagline is propaganda positiva, and I just feel like we try to do everything that we're we're, we're aligned with doing, and um, I think I think the same attaches to my clients or our clients. Shout out Matt Brown, my business partner in Puerto Vida Printing, and prove nothing. By the way, uh, I wouldn't be able to do half of the things I do if it wasn't for him. Um, fact uh and then kyle bombard's our other business partner with the print shop but that's that's another issue right um prove nothing is cool because i feel like if you truly have a good product you don't have to sell it mm. and that's what i tell every client since day one and that's prove nothing isn't it you don't have to prove it just do it and make it amazing gotcha so your concept that's your best well bet here. in this town but then you also have to be willing that if you're ahead of maybe you're ahead of your time and you're thinking it might have been a great idea, but you might be a couple years too earlier. So I'm not going to say it's the foolproof way to succeed. But if you don't do that, you're really setting yourself up for a lot of headache. You should really be happy and proud to, to, to put whatever product you are putting out into this town. That should be what motivates you first. And if you do that, the people see it and they appreciate it. And you get real fans of your brand that way. Real fans. Like people who come back year after year and just want to talk to you and see you and say hi. You know, that that's so nice. You're segueing into a, a good second like, which is how 
the relationships. You might not see people for very long, but they keep coming back here. Yeah, and what tourist town is like that? Uh, it's really sticky here. Yes. Why is that? I think all the reasons we're discussing. Yeah, probably so. The fact that there wasn't roads was part of our charm for a while. I think it's, it's not cute anymore. I think it's the green areas that interrupt the whole community. The green areas are I huge. Think that's super, super unique. I can't think of any other place that has that. And I really think that's the backbone to what uh, keeps this place so different from the other yeah. standard beast yeah. town. And I do believe Nosara, Nosara or, you know, Guiones, whatever you want to say, um, are, are Nosara is an anomaly inside of Central America, arguably, not just Costa Rica. I don't know if there's any other town so small that has so much private privatized whatever you, i don't know how the word for it is influx energy business all that it's all ours like and we're so secluded from everyone else whereas and you could arguably say hako is more of a developed town but it's different um nosara is so special because of so many reasons and it's hard to even quantify that right now there's 20 reasons that make nosara amazing all right so let's move over to the flip side what do you dislike about this place Man, I'm not going to say the roads because that's number one. Everyone says that. Um, I don't know. My, st- like getting pissed at my windshield driving down the street is the only thing I can really say that pisses me off. The roads and dust are pretty good it ones, It really actually. bothers me a lot. You, and you'll say things you don't mean to say and you'll, you might drive a little faster than you don't normally drive. You know, I don't, I don't think I do that often, but I'm not going to say I never do that. Um, never been in an actual car accident in my life. I've, I've dumped a moto one time late at night being stupid, but it's because I was looking at stars, honestly. And then I was like, oh, a turn, boom. So, you know, the road. I don't know what else to say besides that. Um, I do think there is a lot. If we're going to go ahead and get to some grit and like you want me to show my ass a little bit, excuse me. There's a lot Not of hypocrisy literally. of people just like pretending to be one thing. And really, at the end of the day, their motivation is this. Like, it's just funny to me. What man. do you mean? I just think a lot of people love to tote this whole like, you know, it's about love and healing and blah, blah. But it's a ceremony. Oh, but it's $350 if you want to join a ceremony. I don't think you should call it a ceremony. You should call it a sita. It's, it's a meeting. It's a it's a it's an appointment. Uh, you know, there's a lot of words that just get meshed with energy and money and I don't know. I think a lot of that should be separated, but whatever. And we'll save that one for the next episode. How about that? Sure. Sure. All right. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So do aliens exist? You're looking at us. I think we're the closest thing to aliens on the planet. Um, uh, all jokes aside, though, numerically speaking, the possibilities that they exist is a fact right so it has to be like there's just no way so it's a definite yes from you i mean yeah like i i you know like i said i think we're the aliens but um i did i'm gonna be dead honest about this i grew up in stewart florida martin county florida which is the sailfish capital of the world i went to school with this girl named sarah rupp whose you know family was rupp outriggers it's a massive boating town is my point i've been on boats my whole life i was on garza about i don't know a couple months ago and i don't know why i was even out there at like one o'clock in the morning i think they had like an event in garza one night so we were there was kind of some of us lingering doing a bonfire or something there's some people were and i was just sitting there and i saw some lights off of garza that were most definitely not a boat or like not a not lights meant for boating 
it was more like a signal and they looked insane it was like these five lights that kept flashing in unison and then going like like fluttering like this back and forth and at first i was like aliens oh my god this is crazy and i was like oh no it's probably just narco traffickers waving someone to come get their pack so that's where we'll go from there. There's a couple people who've told me some pretty amazing stories about narco traffickers out of there. Well, I mean, back yeah, in the day, correct me if I'm wrong, please, or just edit this out. But there's a ton of undocumented dirt airstrips all along this whole region. I don't think they're there naturally. Just for the heck of it. I don't it. think they occurred naturally. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. All right, so aliens exist. That's that's a strong yes from Zach. Um, what are your three favorite restaurants here and what do you like to get there? And this doesn't mean I don't like any other ones, but if I have to pick my top three and where I go the most, we got Chivo. And what do you like to get at El Chivo? I'll, I'll mix it up sometimes, mostly tacos. Okay. You know, having some drinkies there is fun. You know, right, it's just so a cool spot to hang. Like we don't really have a saloon type cantina vibe like Chivo anywhere. You know, when Matt and Joellen used to run Gilded Iguana, that was kind of our spot where, I didn't feel weird if I wanted to rock up and use the internet and get a beer back in the day. It wasn't a big deal because they knew I would, they would see me there anyway, spending money. So it was like, it was cool. It was, it felt like a hangout spot more than just a restaurant, get in, get out, check in out of your table and get out of here. I'm just so grateful they moved over to Pilata to get things going there because Pilata needed it bad. Yes. They've changed the face of Pilata, uh, going back a couple of years now. Was it five years? They've yeah. Been they're there? like That's the so crazy. So I have ever since they pulled the trigger on, Going over there, I am an ardent supporter and big fan. Yeah, no. like the, the Pilata's bumping now, so people are like, "Oh yeah, everything's great." You should have you should have tried to sell something in Pilata or tell somebody five ten years ago that it was a cool place to be. Nine times out of ten, if I'm going to Pilata, it's to go to El Chivo. Yeah, like, and then I'm like, "Oh well, then we'll hit the beach too and go to Olga's as well." But if I'm driving there, it's because I already am planning to go meet someone at Chivo or something. Usually, well, I'm, it's, I'm it's, glad, it's a it's a major draw for that neighborhood. Yeah, I'm glad they're the, they're there in La Luna. Stepped up a bunch because oh excuse me it was really super helpful. La Luna's kind of in its own category, right? Like they're, I don't even feel like bringing them up because they've been they've been around for so long. They do such a good job, and they've. It's just I don't know. It's it's. Now I got you. So let's go back. You're number two, El Local, probably. They're um, starting to come up a lot more. Uh, when I ask this question to people, yeah, El Local's being brought up a bunch. Why do you think that is? I feel like um when they opened, there was already this sentiment in the air that like. There's too many restaurants. We don't need any more. I'm not going to spend $12 for a plate of food. What happened to $5 tacos? And and I just, I went to, because my friends were, you know, some of us, we all know people who were opening that restaurant and bar and some of those people. So I would just went there to support anyway. And I thought every time I handed them 10 to $15 for a meal, what I got back looked like nothing else in an Osara cuisine climate, if that's a correct terminology. Yeah, like, Everywhere for so long was, uh, you know, the pollo, a la whatever. Like everywhere had the same menu for years, and they were just kind of like copying each other. Almost it seemed like like there was a standard that worked, and people stuck to it. And I feel like um, there the era of El Local opening was when we really started seeing cuisine options here. That was like God, I can finally go get something that's not the same thing I'm eating all the time. Which was great. I mean, I love Lomito Jalapeno and all that stuff we had for years and years and years and years. But it was nice to, for them to mix it up. I think they did a good job and they made they made a menu that just no one else had. Gotcha. And then and then my third, they're not a restaurant, but they are. It's uh, Organico and Single Fin. 
Um, I remember when they first started doing sushi, I made a post on my Instagram or no, on Facebook. I was like, I forget what I said, but it was like Organico does sushi now and it's awesome. And I'd never seen one of my public posts get so many likes about some sushi. And then, you know, but the owners there are avid fishermen and, and, uh, I think Fritz, Fritz is kind of doing his own thing now. So Organico is just this great place where I'll stop and just spend so much of my last dollars because it's so convenient and you can just grab a wrap and a tuna thing and, and a, a poke bowl and just slide. And they really are conscious about their to go stuff and all that. So I, I think they do a good job and I, I catch myself there like five times a week. What gave them kind of a unique spot in the marketplace, I think is there's people are starving for something fast to get something fast uh, here around That's here. good. Because really we can hard. all get fast options in the super, but I honestly, and this is no, this is no uh, knock on anyone or any one culture, but most mini supers in this country, I don't want to eat a thing from. And it's no offense, but it's just, that's just a style of business. Just like I wouldn't want to eat anything out of a 7-Eleven. It's kind of the same thing. Like I walk in mini supers and it's kind of hard for me. I usually just grab some fruit and be like, man, because I don't want to eat none of this stuff. It's dead ass. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I get you. Um, we get, so we got three or three? El Chivo? Yeah. Locale and Singleton. Yeah. Oh, Porta Pizza's got to get that shout out. I'm sorry. Just we go to Porta Pizza like every day. I just don't really consider them a restaurant because they're that fast window. Like we go to Porta Pizza every day, bro. Another. Ex- but, another but they example? closed, so I I haven't had Porta Pizza this whole summer. So I I uh, rainy season, so I forgot about them. They're I'll, back now. They're back now. As of like a week or two year. ago, so I'm gonna go start crushing again. I'll put my pounds back on. Uh, I'd place. like to hear three of your most interesting Ostara stories. So I've, I can already tell you one of them for me is when you're looking at the stars and you crashed your bike. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The way he told that story yeah, earlier. Yeah, because honestly, right before it, I crashed, I was looking at the stars and I said to myself, could anything get any better? <laughs> like what? Life is so sweet. Oh, it turned. And I just crashed. <laughs> so the whole yin and yang. It was like just... four o'clock in the morning. I'd helped the bar clean up. I was feeling so good and so happy. I was just like, oh, I'll stay and clean up beers with you guys. I don't care. And that's what I did. And then on my way home, ironically, someone even told me that night, be careful. And it was someone who was pretty drunk. So I was like, yeah, I got it. Thanks. Pretty ignorant of me. I should have listened. This dude looked me straight in my face. Like, I don't know where he got that knowledge. But he just saw me and was like, dude, be careful. I was like, all right. (laughs) And I ripped my knee off and decided not to go home and just had to like stare at my kneecap for like two months while it closed. It was pretty insane. So um, people have told me I should have died from stuff like that. And like other other countries, you can die from that kind of thing because it was complete. Like my whole bone was out and I didn't get we got stitches, but it didn't they didn't hold. They only hold for like a week or two. And then the day or two weeks we took the stitches out. It just went. I was listening. And my whole kneecap just popped right out. And I was just looking at the bone like, oh, man. So that was a pretty crazy story. But well, it's funny you said that a second ago about if you had been in a different country, that that could that could have been death but i was listening to another podcast and they were explaining it's been a very short amount of time that if you got a significant injury like that 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 might have been the end of you yeah yeah and, uh, uh, luckily dr alejandro got out of his bed met me at the spot at three or four o'clock in the morning whenever it was i don't even really remember that's um, where i was going with it. we have we have decent medical care man, believe it or not man dr alejandro has hooked me up way too many times when a kid who's out of his country trying to play beach boy should not get handouts. Not like a huge handout, but he was just like, all right, dude, pay me for my supplies and get out of my face. 
So I, I really owe him a lot, man. He's he's helped me, even though just one time I just got stupid stitches for no reason. He always just seems to like really try to look out for me because um, a lot of those issues happened to me when I was much younger. Now, you know, I would expect him to charge me in full. Well, shout out to Paradise so th- Man, thank you guys. I, I don't know what else to say, dude. They, he, he arguably might might have saved my life. I'm not sure. Either way. Could have went either way. Um, just, to, just to go back to that story real quick. Every day I was cleaning my knee and I was just laying in the rancho at Solo Bueno because I was watching that property for Shane while he was building the pools and all that because he was based out of Jersey. So I was just laying there and uh, every day I would have to take this gauze off and look at the bone and literally clean it. And like I would panic and just I, I'm starting to sweat just thinking about it. And one day I was doing that and I noticed these like two little yellow dots and I just took a tweezers and I pulled one out. No problem. And then I went to pull the other one. I was like and it gave me some resistance. And then I yanked it out and I realized it was rooting itself down into my new growing skin. So basically like there's fungus in the air, mushrooms, like there's something in the air that just landed in my knee and found it the perfect place to breed. So I literally had mushrooms growing out of my knee when I had that hole in it. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. So your first story was pretty intense. So let's make your second story a little bit lighter. When I first came here, I was 23 and um, I didn't come here with anything. I, I literally got a dude to buy me a passport and came to Osara, who was my business partner. And it was all part of our whole business plan. And uh, when he bounced, I was just trying to fend for myself. And I remember my flip-flops broke one time and I might have had like 15 bucks to my name. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm not getting flip-flops today. And then next thing I knew it was a week. And then next thing I knew, I just kind of permanently smelled like molasses. And then next, you know, and then it was six months. And then I was like, you know, wow, I did it. Um, so that, and then, uh, one time I did get, I got stuck in Nicaragua. I went there without thinking I had to get there for a border, a border run back in the day before I had no enemy and before I was in Traumate and got all my legal stuff handled. But I went for a border run in Nicaragua and, um, I didn't realize I just, I didn't have any money. <laughs> so I got to, I got to Nicaragua and I was just there. And, um, I called my mom which I never do this. This is the only time I've done this in the eight years I've lived here. And I was like. Maybe one other time when I was real sick and I had to go home, I had like a blood infection and they really helped me out there too. But so that's not true. But like actually calling them to give me money to stay down here to keep making my dream happen one time. And uh, I called her and I was like, mom, I need 60 bucks to get back to Costa Rica. Hook me up and I'll, I'll pay you back in like a couple of days. And, and I just remember her being like, what do you mean you need 60 bucks and you're in another country? Like and I'll get was, this happen. Yeah. And she's like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. Like always, I just need 60 bucks. If you put more than 60 in there, I'm not going to accept it. I'm just going to deal with it. Like, and she, so she put 60 bucks. She Western Union me the 60 bucks and I got home. <laughs> I figured it out after that. I think, you know, Ricardo mini super gave me a credit to get through for like a week or something. Man. So 30 something year old Zach's a little different than 23 year old something Zach. Yeah. Uh, I moved here at 23. I'll be 33 in July. Wow. So like, yeah. Wow. Like nine years, almost 10 years. It's happening, man. So, all right. Last one. I'm guessing a lot of people would think having your first child down here with your partner is a pretty big deal because Elisha, our son was born down here and people thought I was crazy. From back home. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah, of course. I remember when I was moving here, 
an FBI agent's wife literally said to me, you're going to go to Costa Rica and stay there? And I was like, that's the plan. And she was like, aren't you scared? And I just thought that was such a weird thing to say to someone like right out the gate. Like, of what? You know, it's still the earth. <laughs> like, I'm not getting in a rocket ship. Like, it's a three hour flight, lady. <laughs> What's your point? Um, so I've just always kind of had that weirdo mentality. Like, I don't really follow that, you know, thinking. Um, I've always questioned everything and done my own thing. What about it never in, felt weird to me. What about in the surf or flying or anything like that? Have you had any interesting stories? Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty crazy story about surfing. Um, I grew up uh, I grew up in Florida pretty much most of my life anyway. So I did a little surfing when I was there, but I wasn't like an avid surfer. I would always say I was more of a skateboarder. And then I really fell in love with the sport wake skating, which is kind of what tied me to the water in the first place, actually doing something on it. So um, surfing, I actually, when I first moved here, I stayed at Graham Swindell's Swindle's house while he went and had his baby. And I took a longboard out every day and in the white water, literally, and then it took like maybe a couple months. And I was like, I felt like I was back on my wake skate, like I could pump a wave and go any which way. And so then I was like, all right, cool. And um, after about two, three years, I felt pretty comfortable going on trips to Papoyo and going to trips to Pavone. So all those things and surfing decent sized waves. Now I'm not like, a, I don't, I'm not, I don't love big wave surfing. I don't get fired up on that. In fact, I, I like surfing when I'm not scared. Uh, but I went out one day, it was me, Owen, the old surf instructor dude who used to live here with the long blonde hair, the dude from England. It was me, him, and he was teaching two people. And I went out on the beach and I saw a bunch of people on the beach and it didn't look so big. So I was like, I'm going out. And I went out and it was just him, I, and his two surf instructors, his two clients. And then all of a sudden I saw these sets coming in and, and I got a little nervous. So I was like, that's why no one's out. It just, there was just a long time between sets, but when they were coming in, they were in, they were monsters, dude. So I'm paddling with the son of this, of this, uh, surf group. So Owen's got the dad and the son or his two clients. I'm with the son. We're neck and neck paddling out. And the dad and Owen are about like 15 feet in front of us going towards the, going towards the set. And as soon as I saw the wave, I, I did freeze. I was like, I'm, I'm going to turn around. And I was like, no, 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 never mind. Go. So I, I blasted it and then I looked and the kid had already took off. He was paddling back towards the beach and I, I was like, he's about to get smashed. But I ended up getting smashed. So Owen and the dude made it right under the wave and this just giant Guione set. I don't know if it was before the earthquake or after the earthquake, which kind of changed our lineup a bit, didn't it? But this wave hit me right on my spine. And I just remember instantly being stuck to the floor of Guione's way out. And just kind of pinned on my shoulder and just like I couldn't get up because the pressure of the wave was just holding me there. And Guionis is usually so soft. So the fact that this lip just like came down on me like that, uh, man, I, I kissed the sand when I got back. I was so scared that I just turned. I, I When I came up from there, I went straight to the beach and I just laid there and caught my breath. And I, I'm pretty sure I kissed the sand just like, you know, you see in movies. I was like, thank God. That sucked. So, yeah, I mean, as sweet as like soft wave it is sometimes, always respect that ocean. You know, we definitely have drownings every year and sometimes those waves get kicking and you don't think it's so gnarly and then you get out there and it's it's big and some surfers will watch this and be like, <laughs> but 
I don't care, dude. I, I don't like surfing those kind of waves. Oh, uh, they're not telling the truth. Uh, they haven't been surfing long enough. There are days you will get scared, and those long periods spread out. Days are the are the ones that it can sneak up on you. Man, man, it happened to me once at Cameron All, and uh, it was breaking. It was about I don't know head to a couple feet over, a couple feet overhead, clean as a whistle. I was like, this is amazing. So I shot right out there. And I didn't realize the waves I had been watching were not the sets at all. They were just the in-betweeners. And when the sets, it was just layered. Um, that was one of the first times I was really, like, I, I'm in a pickle. Yeah, that happened to me there one time, too. But it was my first year of being here when the boys brought me down there. Uh-huh. So I went down there with them to surf thinking it would be sweet. And it wasn't sweet, bro. I was super scared. <laughs> yeah. not, I, I don't care. I proved nothing. I, I could give a shit. Nice. <laughs> it was gnarly. Well, hey, man, well, you got this platform. Is there any more shout outs or any, uh, anything you'd like to say or get off your chest while we have the, while we're here? Um, there's been so many nice people besides Dr. Alejandro all the way from like him to you to, um, uh, Diana, Diana at El Chivo spotting me a mill. Like when I don't have enough to pay my bill some like one day or something, just stupid stuff like that. And, and other things that aren't so stupid. And, um, just all you guys who have, who have helped me. I feel like there's so many I can't even remember. I, I don't want anyone to ever think I don't care, appreciate that. I just, I'm a young man trying to do my thing too. So some days I might forget to go above and beyond it and then like come back and, and figure out a way to reciprocate for some of those people because maybe some days I don't feel like I even know how to to some of those people. Like Dr. Alejandro, what, what can I do for him? Like he, he can call me anytime he wants, bro. I'll come move your couch anytime, bro. Um, besides that, I do want to give a shout out that has nothing to do with Nosara. Couple months ago, maybe six months ago, I started getting this weird feeling like Nosara wasn't enough for me anymore. And I don't want anyone to judge me on that, but honestly, like I do so many things with my graphic stuff and like mo everything from motion graphics to sculpting to video directing that sometimes I feel like I don't have all my outlets even here anymore. And maybe I get a little burnt out on doing the same type of thing. So about six months ago, because the last place I lived was Charlotte, North Carolina. I started reaching out to all these creatives there in the music industry because the top charts, top artists of the pop charts right now, like dude who is literally beating Taylor Swift as a hip hop artist out of Charlotte, North Carolina, which has never happened. And uh, my family had moved me there when I was 17. So I have roots there now. And um, I started working with this young videographer there named Cosmic. And... Um, Kevin, Kevin Smith, ironically, is his name, even though there's another director very famous named Kevin Smith. So I just want to give Kevin a shout out because he, he makes me feel like I can stay here some days, but still touch the outside world. Not just what you referred to where the outside world comes to Nosara. The Internet allows me to do work with him. So I've I've maybe branded 10 or 15 music videos with him and I've never even met the dude in my life. We worked, we, I speak to him like three or four times a week from my front yard in Garza. Christina has even questioned why I speak to this man so often. So he, he, he's a young, he's a young dude. He's only like 23 years old, but I really believe in what he's doing. And, um, I, I love that opportunity to be able to like do stuff from back home that has nothing to do with our world here at all. It helps me stay sane some days. So I just want to give Kevin a shout out as well. Yeah, right on, man. I'm happy for you that you got that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm also happy you came in. So thanks for coming in. Thanks for being so open and sharing and, uh, Man, it's a pretty cool story. I hope so. I, you know, if there's anything else you want me to cover or anything you feel like I didn't yeah, say. Yeah. or 
Not at all. I think uh, the story of you coming here penniless and glued to your computer. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm still penniless. But we got opportunities now, and that's valuable. <laughs> we have we have real things. Like the other day, I woke up to 20 emails. To me, that's insane. Like there's two guys. Like we're And we're art kids, you know, trying to do this. So we're not business administrators. We're not accountants. We're not... Uh, what office? What's the right. word I'm We're not secretaries. I I don't do paperwork well. I've never been that type of guy. So please don't fault me for that. I just want you to unleash me on your creative. So um yeah, I just I feel like I'm so happy that we have so much opportunity now because it is all about my baby and trying to build a little thing for her that if anything ever happened to me one day she'd be cool. Well, I'll give you a shout out and a put down all at the same time, but it's all it's all surrounded with uh, respect. So I've seen, I've, I've stopped, I don't give you financial advice because, uh, I've learned that I don't take advice. Well, well yeah, <laughs> I guess that's the first point. People tell me all the time I don't listen. So <laughs> usually it's, it's the females in my life that tell me I don't listen and that's fine. Um, I'm, I'm working on that, but I did just cut you off. So go ahead. <laughs> I was not even going to mention that. I was just going <laughs> to laugh at it. So <laughs> you made your own point. Um, <laughs> that was pretty good, but Here's what I'm getting at. Here's the compliment part. I've seen you sacrifice income and I've seen you sacrifice future peace of mind multiple times to do what you want to do. And I've told you this privately. For me, that's mind blowing because I'm sitting here telling you like this podcast and what I'm doing right now in the times, like with the No Star Times in this podcast, this is the first thing I've ever done that I wanted to do. In 20 something years, um, turning 44 next year. And you've stuck to that from 23 and penniless all the way to coming up on a decade here, found a way to still make it and doing what you want to do. And for me to like see that, mad respect. Thank you, bro. I just got chills. Because like, I, uh, thank you, man. I wake up and go do a lot of stuff I don't feel like doing every single day. And, um, and I'm just now learning that maybe it is possible to do what you want to do. And for all the people like you've been out there doing that, it gives me hope. So uh, that's the direction I'm trying to go. I'd like to do stuff I'm more interested in. And you never have not. So when I talk about this, you're just like, how could you not be that way, Rich? And I'm just like, how could you be that way, Zach? And we both kind of, I think maybe there's a nice little mesh in there and we can learn from each other as we go. I appreciate that, man. For real. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on.